Welcome to episode 129. Are you someone that has tried all the things but nothing seems to work? This sounds like a Dan Oz direct ad, doesn't it? (laughs) Who remembers those? But seriously, what do I mean? You've been to multiple doctors, multiple specialists, and you've even tried some alternative therapies and nothing is sorting out your health issue. If you said yes, then maybe the answer is in a realm that you've never even considered and probably never even heard about. Maybe the answer to your healing is inside the electromagnetic realm of the universe. Before you run away, (laughs) no, I'm not talking about some ridiculous spiritual nonsense. But as you'll learn in this episode, electromagnetic fields are a part of all life forms. In fact, all molecules. And manipulating these fields and molecules can lead to healing and recovery in astonishing ways. In ways that other therapies can't influence. To have your mind cracked wide open for something new and amazing, let's dive into it. Welcome to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. You've tuned in because you want to start taking your health seriously so you don't, well, get sick and die. Here we talk all things health, nutrition, and human optimization. Let's jump into it with your host and resident scientist, Maddie Lansdowne. What's up, my healthy friends? It's my mission to coach 250 individuals to create the sustainable, healthy life that they truly want by the end of December 2021. Today, we have Dr. William Pawlik, who is one of America's leading experts in PEMF therapy, otherwise known as pulsed electromagnetic field therapy. What the hell is that, I hear you say? (laughs) Don't worry, we're going to let you know really soon. Dr. Pollock has spent the past 25 years researching and recommending this revolutionary technology to thousands of people, patients, athletes, and other clinicians. And a big reason that I've been looking forward to this episode today is because he's not just any ordinary doctor. Dr. Pollock is trained in acupuncture, nutrition, herbals, energy medicine, homeopathy, and hypnosis. He is literally, literally the definition of a true holistic doctor. He's also an author of one of the first books reviewing electromagnetic healing research and has been interviewed numerous times on radio, podcasts, TV, and on the world-famous Dr. Oz show. Earlier on in the piece, he went to medical school in Alberta, finished his master's degree at McMaster University in Ontario, and was on faculty for many years at the John Hopkins School of Medicine. Some of his areas of interest are holistic pain management, regenerative health, stem cell research, anti-aging, sleep, and anxiety. Now, his main focus is PEMF as a therapy for ongoing or chronic health challenges. And we both connected as speakers at the Healing Chronic Stress and Disease Summit in the year that was 2020. And ever since then, I've been dying to get this man on the podcast because he is just brilliant. So without further ado, William, welcome to the show, mate. How are you? Thank you very much. I I could say mate too, but they don't say mate in Canada that much. (laughs) They certainly don't say in the US. Yeah, it's a bit of a bit of an Aussie or a British thing, I think. A little more British, yes. Yeah. The Canadians have been washed by the US. Yeah, well, you know, it's inevitable when you're that close. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> elbow elbow totally bumping elbows so let me ask it seems like an outrageous field of expertise for a medical doctor to get to get into so i'd love to know what happened in your career that meant unlike your medical colleagues you found your way to alternative and holistic therapies what was the moment that led you to look at things so very differently to the conventional doctor well, you know, after I've always sort of been a bit open-minded and a bit different already than my peers. 
um, in medicine, medical training, you kind of get, in a sense, I'm going to use the word brainwashed mm -hmm. into a way of thinking. So you start out before going to medical school thinking you're going to help humanity. And then it's like going to a military academy. Mm -hmm. It's boot camp. <laughs> yeah. Right. Then you go through all the boot camp stuff and you survived it. And then in order to keep going, what you have to do is you have to keep getting better and better at boot camp. You keep getting better and better at the thing that you're learning. Right. And so then you say, well, this is all there is. This is the way it's supposed to be done. This is it. This is the universal truth. When you get into medicine, then you, when you get into practice, then you begin to realize that this is not everything. It doesn't teach you to, to deal with everything that you possibly can. Mm -hmm. And hopefully, clinicians will begin to say, is this all there is? That was, do I really know everything? Was I really taught everything that I need to know? Most of medicine is being taught from books and research and professors of specialties and, uh, and pulmonary and endocrine and kidneys and surgeries and delivering babies and so on. But they learn as well over time that they don't know everything. So what happens is you learn while you earn. You learn as you go. Mm -hmm. And as you go, you begin to realize that the house of medicine has warts like everything else. The house of medicine has limitations like everything else. And if you're the one that's making a life-death de decision for somebody, mm -hmm. then you're going to have to use your uh, skills. You're going to have to use your judgment. You're going to have to use your experience. You're going to have to go outside the books to do what you need to do. So along the way, one of the problems that happened with me was after practicing medicine already at that point for like 15 years uh, or 20 years, I had some patients who um, almost died, ended up in the hospital with bleeding, gastric bleeding. Mm -hmm. And one of them almost died. And they were all due to the use of ibuprofen. Right. Motrin. Non-steroidal anti-inflammatories. Well, since then, I've discovered that it's about 16,000 people a year die from, uh, from gastric bleeding from ibuprofen. 16,000 a year in the U.S. Wow, that's massive. It's, it is massive. It's almost as many as die from HIV. Whoa, yeah, okay. That gives it some perspective. Okay. And then if you think about all the other side effects of um, nosteroidal anti-inflammatories, then you're talking about kidney disease, you're talking about liver disease, you're talking about other problems. So that, that then totals 30,000 people a year dying from that, that treatment for their pain. So we're killing people for their pain management. Okay. Now, of course, now we add uh, opioids and the opioid epidemic, and we can add a whole bunch of other stuff to, to this problem of managing pain. You know, and, and then unfortunately, along the way, killing people. So I said, well, this is stupid medicine. What's the definition of insanity? <laughs> Trying to do the same thing over and over, but expecting a different result. Different, different results. Though you're doing the same thing, you want different results. But you keep getting the same yeah, results, yeah. including the side effects. Right? So that's mm -hmm. insanity. So I said, I got to study something else. I have to do something that obviously is not within the house of medicine. Because I already knew the house of medicine very well. Thank you very much. So I decided to study mm -hmm. acupuncture. And when I studied acupuncture, that was in 1990, um, in the U.S. at least, there weren't a whole lot of people doing acupuncture. There weren't – the population was not interested in acupuncture. They didn't know anything about acupuncture, and nobody wanted to be uh, come at with needles. Mm -hmm. right? Who wants to have needles put inside them? 
<laughs> it doesn't sound enticing when you put it like that. <laughs> not voluntarily, and not unless it's life and death again, right? Yeah. So I said, I started ac acupuncture. And they said, well, okay, fine. We have to find another way of stimulating acupuncture points and meridians. And what I found was that in the Orient, they had been using magnets on acupuncture points. I said, what? I, never, I was never taught that in acupuncture training. So as I dug into it mm -hmm. more and more, and I started using magnets on acupuncture points, and I discovered that magnets were doing a lot of other things than just stimulating acupuncture points. They were healing the tissue. Yeah. You put a magnet on a wound, and the wound heals faster. Well, acupuncture doesn't do that, right? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things acupuncture does, but there's a lot of things that acupuncture doesn't do. Same with anything else, whether it's massage or chiropractic or naturopathy or medications or procedures. All of these have, dis have limitations. Mm -hmm. So they have their strengths and their weaknesses. So every modality that you do use to heal people or help people with their health uh, has limitations. And you have to know those limitations to know when you need help. And in this case, help outside the house of medicine. And, and the next case was the help outside the house of acupuncture. So I discovered that magnets were help outside the house of acupuncture. Right. And from then the story goes on. So then I started using magnets all, for all sorts of problems, started looking into the science and the reasoning behind it. Why is this working? What's, this, what's, what's the mechanism here? How could this possibly work? It's a little magnet. How could it work on the body, the body's tissue? Mm, good question. Right? It's a magnet. You put, it, you put it on a fridge and it does whole stuff on the fridge. <laughs> If you put it on the body, it doesn't hold anything on the body, but it does something to the body. So I, you know, did more and more and more work with this. And finally, I met a doctor from the Czech Republic, uh, Dr. Jarabek, and he had a manuscript translating a lot of the science from Eastern Europe. So I've been looking at the science, and most of the science was in other languages. Most of that was actually in what we call Cyrillic, in the Russian and, and Slavic languages. And we exchanged uh, documents. We eventually worked together to collaborate and produce a book called uh, Magnetic Therapy in Eastern Europe, a review of 30 years of research. So at that point in 19, oh, approximately 90, 90 so, 95, I discovered this manuscript. Now all of a sudden this whole world opens up to me of all the research that's been done for 30 years already. Right. In Europe that was not known in the West. Nobody knew about it. Why not? It never got here because it was written in, in Russian. Right. It was written in a foreign language. So I translated. He translated the book. He translated it into Czech, his Czech English. And I retranslated it and basically produced a book called Magnetic Therapy in Eastern Europe, a review of 30 years of research. Mm -hmm. So then I, I, then I started acquiring devices from, East, from Europe, magnetic therapy devices from Europe. And again, another whole vista opened out for me about the uh, possibilities and options with magnetic field therapy. So then I set up a website, drpollock.com. We produced a lot of the science and, and did blogs and uh, interviews and so on. And eventually, as you said, I ended up uh, publishing another book called Power Tools for Health, How Pulse Magnetic Fields or PEMFs Help You. And that book reviewed the science, how magnetic therapy devices work, how, what they do in the body, how they actually work in the body, and then I reviewed, I have over 500 references in the book. Then I reviewed about 50 different health conditions. Right. And what the science shows that they do for those health conditions. So now we have good science and good understanding behind us for what magnetic field therapy can do to the body. And it's amazing. 
This is like Star Star Trekky kind of stuff, you know, the tricorder. <laughs> and you hear somebody. So you said the last thirty years of research. How how long, sort of, in history does do we have evidence of this working or of this being a thing in different cultures or you know countries around the world before it made it to the Western world? It was used in ancient China. It was used. Cleopatra used magnets. Wow. To make to make her look more beautiful. Hippocrates used magnets. For helping people with headaches, they use them throughout Europe and um, Mesmer and Hahnemann and uh, Paracelsus. They'd use magnets as well. They used lodestones, which are magnetized rock. Well, now we are much more sophisticated, and we now have manufactured magnets, like our fridge magnets, and magnets that are in headphone speakers or in te- uh, um, c- computer speakers, or b- basically any kinds of speakers use magnets. Mm-hmm. So that technology has kind of been there, but it hasn't been applied in medicine. Now, it has been applied in medicine, but again, doctors tend to think very narrow. They're very narrow-minded in the way they think. This is what the study says, then this is what it does, and this is how you should use it. So magnets were approved about 25 years ago. Electromagnets or pulse magnetic fields were used about 25 years ago and approved by the federal government, the FDA, the American FDA, for healing uh, fractures that wouldn't heal. Those are called non-union fractures. A fracture that doesn't heal is a disaster. Can you imagine having a fracture of your forearm and you can't use your forearm because it's not the fracture didn't heal? Oh, it'd be awful. It's awful. If you imagine a big bone like a thigh or a femur or a, a tibia, uh, you, again, you can't use these bones. Hand bones often are susceptible to, to these kinds of uh, fractures as well. So they discovered that pulse magnetic fields would start the healing process. Even old fractures that had not healed for seven years all of a sudden began to heal. Bang. Now, it took hours a day of treatment, and it took months of treatment to finally heal the fracture. And medicine had nothing to offer. You could put plates in this. You can do other kinds of surgical procedures. And they all had problems. They often didn't work. And they caused new problems. So all of a sudden, you have a modality that's very safe, relatively easy to use, you have to understand physical principles of how the body heals itself and how magnetic fields work. And then all of a sudden, now you have a brand new tool in medicine, although it's not understood by medicine for the most part, except for these FDA approved uses. But once it's approved by the FDA for something for healing non-union fractures, you can't use it for anything else because the government says you can't use it for anything else because we don't have proof, which is not true. But that's, you know, at least that's the way they think. So, what exactly is PEMF therapy? Because obviously, for these magnets to have some kind of impact on the body, the the body must be releasing or emanating some type of magnetic field. So, that's obviously the case for the human body, right? Yes, but that's not what's going on. Okay. So, yes, every cell, every molecule, every molecule, every atom has a magnetic field. So the human body produces, does produce its own magnetic field. The brain produces its own magnetic field. And now we have devices called MEGs, magnetoencephalography, mm-hmm. that measures brain waves, the magnetic fields produced by the brain itself. And they use that for mapping seizures in the brain. So if you're going to do surgery on brain that you've got seizures for, that you have seizures that can't be controlled by anything else, they will map the seizure focuses or foci in the brain with MEG and say, that's where you need to do the surgery. You can do the same thing with the heart. They're now using MCGs, magnetocardiograms, to map the magnetic fields of the heart. And then they do diagnostic work to figure out what you could do to help the heart based on those MCG findings. But the magnetic fields of the body are extremely weak. 
But more importantly, PEMF stands for pulsed electromagnetic fields. That's the second force of the universe, electromagnetic. Where you have electro, you have magnetic. You can't separate the two. Where you have current flowing in a wire. We know about power lines, right? And the magnetic fields of power lines produce. Well, it's current throwing, flowing through a wire. That current flowing through the wire produces a magnetic field. So you said it's the second law of the universe. What did you mean by that? The second force. So there's gravity, there's the weak force, there's a the strong force, and then there's the electromagnetic force. Mm-hmm. It's the most, other than gravity, it's the biggest force in the universe. Right. Interesting. It's all electromagnetic. The sun is electromagnetic. So our body is electromagnetic. Light is electromagnetic. Um, heat is electromagnetic. All of these are electromagnetic in their various uh, ways. Mm-hmm. So we could use this principle of electromagnetics. So every cell in the body is electromagnetic. Current flowing through a, a nerve is electromagnetic. I don't know if you're aware, but if you flex your uh, fist, create a fist, you're flexing the muscles in your forearm, Mm -hmm. right? When you do that, electrical charges flow through the fascia. Mm -hmm. Through the compartments between cells flows at the rate of 30 meters per second. Wow. You're creating a charge in your muscles at the rate of 30 meters per second. Okay, and there are laws of physics that relate to that. So when you do that, you're creating a magnetic field. And you're, you, like all of the molecules already have an, like an electromagnetic field. And they already do. But now they're organized and oriented in a very specific way as mm-hmm. the current flows through that wire. It's influenced. Yeah, right. And there's a law of physics called Faraday's law. And there are Maxwell laws called the Maxwell equations, all relating to the physics of electromagnetic fields. Right. And so what you do then is when you apply a magnet to an area of the body that has current in it or basically ions, because ions are basically like a battery. They're sitting there with charges and they have to be moving back and forth. And those charges moving back and forth make our bodies what they are. Mm-hmm. So there are, uh, what, 100 trillion cells in the body. There are 2,000 chemical processes in every cell per second. Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> And that's electromagnetically controlled. So in, in context, to understand the significance of the electromagnetic nature of molecules in the body, what would the world look like or what would a human body look like in the absence of electromagnetic fields? Would it cease to exist? Um, it wouldn't cease to exist, but it would be different. Mm-hmm. It would be, be organized in a very different way. It depends on how you apply the magnetic field. So the Earth is a giant magnet. Mm-hmm. The Earth's magnetic field is about one of the units of measurement of magnetic fields is Gauss, G A U S S. So uh, the Earth is on average about half a Gauss. The Earth's magnetic field is about half a Gauss. Our bodies, then, all the all the biology on the planet, is conditioned by this half Gauss magnetic field. Right. It needs it, and so there's research being done now on what happens to on a Mars mission uh, in the absence of that field. In the absence of the Earth's magnetic field. Now, the moon, if you go to the moon, it doesn't matter so much because the moon is, while it's not on the Earth itself, it's still within the Earth's field, electromagnetic field. And the Earth's electromagnetic field actually protects us from the radiation of the sun. Life would not exist on this planet if it wasn't for the Earth's magnetic field. Mm -hmm. So it conditions us, it makes us, it supports us, it's necessary for us. 
And so how come it's taken so long for medicine to become privy to this? Because it's like, you know, we obviously we're here today on this having this conversation, but it sounds like like all alternative therapies pretty much. It sounds extremely safe and really impactful. Why do you think Western medicine is not embracing it? Or do you think they are? It's just slowly catching up. Well, obviously, I mentioned uh, using magnets, electromagnetic fields, or PEMFs for healing non-union fractures. Mm-hmm. Well, that was that's old. That's already 25-year-old technology. Now we hear about something called RTMS, small r, TMS, capital letters, which stands for Repetitive Transcranial Magnetic Stimulation. That technology is also approved by the government. Most governments around the world now have approved it for treating the brain. Okay. For treatment-resistant depression. And we know about MRIs, right? Yep. So magnetic fields are beginning to sort of move into medicine in their own ways. But again, because we tend to be very limited in the way we think about what it is, what it does, and so on, we tend to not expand the scope of our thinking to the possibilities Mm -hmm. for helping us and healing us. So that's just beginning. And that's all based on electromagnetics as well. So picture this, right? Unlocking your potential, conquering emotional eating, and gaining insights directly from a health and nutrition expert such as myself. That's what we do inside the Healthy Mums Collective Facebook group, which is currently free to join. If you've ever felt trapped by food challenges, struggled with maintaining a healthy lifestyle, or yearned for a community that understands the reasons why you've yo-yo dieted for years, then there's a new chapter waiting to be written. And this is your chance to start writing it by joining us all on Facebook Lives, on engaging posts that push you out of your comfort zone and into growth, and Q&A sessions with me. All of this works as a platform to begin changing your emotional eating problems for good. Oh, and also, as a special gift, you receive my transformative How to Turn Food into Self-Confidence ebook. And that's also for free. I get it. Skepticism might linger. You might think, Maddie, I've heard these ads and I'm not sure. Well, at least a quarter of the members inside the Healthy Mums Collective Facebook group have been paying clients of my emotional eating program at some point over the last three or four years. So if you're not sure, you can post in the group and ask to find out if I'm the real deal or not. It's totally up to you. To join us in the free Healthy Mums Collective and to end your emotional eating and feel good in your own skin and begin that journey, pop down to the show notes below, click the link and breeze through three simple entry questions. Join today and let's embark on a journey of growth and empowerment. The link is in the show notes below. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, in a in a physical application of this situation of PEMFs, what changes in a particular cell or in a body or in a fracture? What changes about the molecular structure that either reduces inflammation or leads the cell towards healing or recovery? What's the what's going on? All right. So we we talked a little bit about magnets that you put on a fridge. Mm-hmm. So they are what we call static. They're not moving. Mm-hmm. It's a magnetic field that's basically just there. And if you move it past the body, in and out past the body, you'll create some changes in the body. So instead what you do, because we now discovered that a current flowing through a wire produces a magnetic field. Now, if you take that current and you put it in a machine where you control the current and you control how fast it's pulsing and how strong it is, now you can basically move that current into the body, that magnetic field into the body. So the body is transparent to a magnetic field. Yeah. To a magnetic field, the body does not exist. Right. Okay? The body's like air to a magnetic field. Mm-hmm. But as you move the magnetic field in and out of the body, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, all of a sudden it starts to stimulate ions mm-hmm. and the natural currents that are in the body. 
the natural movements that are in the tissues, the fluids and so on in the tissues. And when it does that, it creates charge. Right. It's creating electrical fields in the body. It's increasing the amount of energy now that the body has to do its work. And a normal body, a normal cell doesn't need that magnetic field. It said, I'm happy the way I am. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. But a non-union fracture or any disease, virtually any disease, immunity, uh, headaches, pain, uh, circulation, all these things are uh, affected by the magnetic fields because they, if they're not normal, then they're stuck and out of balance. And usually it's an energy deficiency. Mm-hmm. And so now when you put the magnetic field through that body, move it back and forth, you're stimulating the production of charge in the body, which then initiates healing processes and rebalancing processes. When you say increases the charge, is it donating an electron or is it kind of like the release of light in the sense that you're exciting the electrons in that physical space and they're, they're sort of bouncing up and down and releasing energy? Well, it's actually electrical charge. So mm-hmm. it's, it's because, the, again, the ions in the body are positive and negative, and they're moving back and forth. They're in a dance back and forth. Kind of like a microwave with water. Well, yeah. That, well, in fact, our bodies are, what, 75% water. So, yes, it's like yeah. a microwave and water. Mm-hmm. So as the magnetic field passes through, it's, in, it's agitating and mm-hmm. uh, increasing the movement and the motion of all of these molecules and these ions. Mm-hmm. which then increases the charge or the energy. And then that energy is then used by the body to, to do its healing work and rebalancing work. So one of the things we know about PEMFs is they increase ATP in the cells. Mm-hmm. So we uh, produce our body weight in ATP a day. Every molecule of ATP in the, in, in the body is recycled about 200 to 500 times every single day. And if we stimulate the body with a magnetic field, we're increasing the ATP production significantly by between 100 to 400% right. during the time of the magnetic stimulation. So could this also be a field of biohacking? Like if I got myself a bunch of magnets, because could I really, you know, not being sick, could I really enhance my energy levels and performance? Of course. But the question is, the problem is, again, every molecule of ATP is recycled 200 to 500 times. Mm -hmm. So what magnetic fields do is they take ADP, which is the precursor molecule, to ATP. So adenosine diphosphate becomes adenosine triphosphate. Mm -hmm. But adenosine triphosphate doesn't do anything. It has to be activated. Mm -hmm. You have to strip off one of those phosphates. And we strip off a phosphate so that it becomes ADP again. The phosphate stripped off that stripping process releases energy into the cell, and that's what that does fires the processes of the cell. So the ATP is constantly recycling. So when you're doing magnetic field therapy, you're temporarily increasing the amount of ATP. You're accelerating the production of energy because because ATP because magnetic field therapy hydrolyzes the ATP to produce ADP. Mm-hmm. And then it makes more ATP. So you got a cycle of regeneration happening of ATP to uh, ADP to ATP to ADP and so on. And as long as you're doing the magnetic field therapy, for some time after you do the magnetic field therapy, you have a burst, an increase in energy. And people routinely tell me they feel energized with PEMFs. It depends on how much of the body is stimulated. It depends on what their baseline status is and so on. But basically, yes, you're increasing ATP temporarily. So I have athletes who use magnetic field therapy before they compete, <laughs> before they train. I like it. Hack the system. For biohacking purposes, yes. So if you do it just before, then for some period of time, 
you have more energy in those cells and muscles and tissues to do the work that they that you want them to do that's over and above resting state. Mm-hmm. I can't help but think when you said before you were talking about the magnetic field moving in and out of the body, that kind of triggered a thought about, you know, particularly in the last year with the way that things have gone around the world with 5G and the idea of Wi-Fi, uh, like EMFs for many people are seen as a dangerous, toxic thing that can cause cancer and illness. Where is the line? Is it is it based on the size of the wavelength that determines whether electromagnetic waves are beneficial to the body or harmful? Yes. So the distinction is that the magnetic fields that we're talking about for therapeutic purposes are called extremely low frequency fields. Okay. So they are under, typically for most people, they're going to be under 2,000 uh, hertz. Hertz is cycles per second. Mm-hmm. Microwaves are in the billions and trillions of hertz. Right. So the wavelength of the wavelength of a um, 100 megahertz magnetic field is three meters long. Mm-hmm. So if you have a wavelength that we use in, in magnetic field therapy, often of of um, let's say 100 hertz, you're talking about miles. The wavelength is miles long, but that's also confusing because we're not talking about wavelengths really per se that way. But the point is that EMFs, in fact, are wavelengths and they get absorbed by the body because those wavelengths are so short. So it's like light. Mm-hmm. Microwaves and light are not a whole lot different. And light burns. Yeah. Sunlight burns you. So with the development of these uh, larger EMFs that help us communicate, you know, telecommunication across the globe. Is that doing the opposite to the human body than PEMFs? And the reason, again, is absorption because the wavelengths are so short, like a microwave oven. It absorbs the waves, mm-hmm. microwaves, and heats the tissue. That's why you cook with microwaves. Mm, this is making sense. Right? So EMFs, environmental magnetic fields, Wi-Fi, routers, microwaves, cell phone towers, cell phones. If you take a cell phone and you put it to your ear, you don't even have to put it on your ear. Just put it like, you know, half an inch, quarter of an inch away from your ear and turn it on and see what happens to your ear. Mm-hmm. It'll turn red. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember from be- just being on the phone for hours, like, yeah, the side of my head gets really hot. Yes. So you're cooking your ear. <laughs> That's not what I want to do. Well, you are, but you're not just cooking it as much because as, it's not as powerful as a magnetron in a, in a microwave oven. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But the point is that, yes, EMFs get absorbed by the body and that's why they could be a problem for the body. PEMFs, because they restore the health of the body, mm-hmm. actually counter the negative effects of EMFs. They don't, they don't block the EMFs. They don't negate the EMFs doing what they do, but they make the body healthier so the body won't react to the EMFs or recover faster from EMF exposure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very different. So if like you're obviously so brilliant in this topic and such an expert – Why is it such a crazy thing to suggest that EMFs uh, like 5G or, you know, whatever telecommunication network is being used, why is it such a conspiracy theory thing to suggest that those things are harmful to the body when clearly you're presenting the concept that they very much are and it's very obvious if you look at the science? Well, what's the answer? (laughs) Well, I guess the answer could be governments won't be very happy if the truth comes out. <laughs> well, yeah, but they're not happy because who else is not happy? The people who sell it. Oh, just like drugs, right? <laughs> yeah, it's money. It's all about money. So you're trying to take down a trillion-dollar business? Mm. 
But eventually we'll kill everybody with all of the 5G and all the drugs and, ev- and stuff that's in the atmosphere and in our you know, food and in our water. There'll be no one to sell it to. <laughs> well, we, nobody's getting out of here alive anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> right? So I don't know how you, uh, you know, it doesn't really matter. One, you're going to die one way or another. So at the very least, I say protect yourself with PEMFs. Mm-hmm. So every one of us should have a PEMF system. Every one of us. Okay. It's a first aid kit. It's an anti-aging kit. Mm -hmm. It's a healing kit. I had a little girl, three and a half year old child that tore off the end of her thumb just behind the, just behind the nail Mm -hmm. in a door jam. I got the doctor to re-sew it instead of cleaning it up and doing the usual surgical things that doctors do uh, and grafting it. They, we had them reattach it, expose her to a magnetic field for her an hour and a half to three hours a day. 12 weeks later, regrown. Wow. That's powerful. That's regenerative medicine. Now, you and I couldn't do that. A uh, you know, three-year-old can do that. Mm-hmm. We're not salamanders. We don't have salamander genes. We lose our salamander genes by about age 11. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I heard a story of a, um, a young guy. I think he was about, oh, he was probably about eight or nine that um, he had an accident with a chainsaw or a circular saw and took one of his fingers off and u- utilized PEMFs to help regrow the bone which was crazy. <laughs> it, and it works. We understand that because one of the other things that PMFs do is they stimulate stem cells. Mm-hmm. So they improve circulation. They drive uh, a circulation of the tissues. They decrease the swelling of the tissues from the damage caused by the injury. It doesn't matter what kind of injury it is, whether it's sun injury or cold injury or toxicities or whatever, burning. So it, it, it initiates all of these reactions in the body the body's trying to do on its own, but doesn't mm-hmm. quite have the energy to do. So what you're doing is you're accelerating the body's natural capacity to do what it should do. But a child already, a three-year-old or an eight-year-old, is already way ahead of 30-year-olds. Mm. Yeah. Because you stop, you stop growing basically at around 25. Yeah. So at age 11, you're already slowing down that growth for curve that you have when you're an infant versus a youngster versus a, an adolescent, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So we're harnessing the body's ability to do that. So we're af- after 24 or so, we are basically in a state between 24 and about 40. We're in a state of balance between breakdown and regeneration, unless you pl- play professional sports, mm-hmm. in which case you're in trouble. Because you're ex- like expediting the speed at which you're breaking down <laughs> and you're not yeah. repairing as, mu- as fast as you're breaking down. Mm-hmm. And so anybody doing that kind of sports should be in a in a magnetic field system on a daily basis in fact actually a friend of mine was working with uh, american olympic teams mm-hmm. and he could uh, they would have tryouts and they'd have preliminaries and they'd have competition and the east germans would be back the next day like robots interesting and our guys took three days to get better to mm-hmm. get back three days to recover East Germans were back the next day. He couldn't figure this out. He walked past their camp, and they were laying in magnetic tubes. Mm, the Germans are always ahead of the curve. The East Germans. <laughs> well, the, a lot of this technology was actually developed in uh, Eastern Europe again, in, in Russia mm-hmm. and Czech Republic and Hungary. You said before that like everybody should have this type of device to pr- protect themselves from sort of mainstream EMFs and, and just obviously for the the toxicity of the world and the damage and inflammation that the world causes, what would one look for? Where do you find these types of things? How do you know? What are they? Are they quality controlled? Um, I've heard of some multi-level marketing companies out there having products like PEMF devices, 
So I'm really curious. I want to tell you, I want to tell your listeners that you didn't, uh, um, I didn't prompt you to ask this question. No, not at all. This is a totally organic conversation. <laughs> okay. So my website, drpollock.com, D-R-P-A-W-L-U-K.com. Mm-hmm. So I started working with one or two pieces of equipment early on. So I sort of t- told you my journey. Well, so I started working with one or two. Now we have like 12 or 15 devices on my website. Because mm-hmm. I discovered over the years I was trying to solve problems, and not every magnetic field system is the same. And you need intensity. You need the right frequencies. You need the right applicators. You have to cover the right area. You have to use it for the right time, amount of time. Mm-hmm. You have to understand the problem you're dealing with and how fast that tissue heals. The skin heals very fast. A cornea heals in 24 hours, skin heals in two or three weeks. The gut cells re- are, are, uh, re- replace themselves every 72 hours. Mm-hmm. Our bones take seven years to replace themselves. Wow. So if you can understand that, and then you understand how badly damaged it is, and then you understand what the magnetic therapy system is doing that you get, that you have, mm-hmm. then you can get some sense of what it's going to do to help you. So. Whole bo- there are whole body magnetic systems and there are local magnetic systems. That little girl with a, with a thumb mm-hmm. had a small magnetic system that you put around her thumb. You don't need a whole body system to treat a thumb. Mm-hmm. Now, if you happen to have a whole body system, it may help your thumb too. But if you go to one of these multi-level marketing companies and get a magnetic system, then they are too weak. Okay. And you can spend $6,000 US on a magnetic system that's only one gauss. Right. Remember, the Earth's magnetic field is half a gauss. Yeah. But the magnetic system that little girl used was 200 Gauss. Wow. Okay. And okay. I, that gives it some context. And that, okay, that gives you context. And I also regularly, routinely recommend magnetic systems that are 4,000 Gauss, 7,000 Gauss. Right. So you're really, really pushing the body in those circumstances to maximize what the body can do for healing. And typically with the right magnetic field system with the right intensity, using it for the right amount of time, you can decrease uh, the healing of a wound by half. You can decrease the healing of a, of a fracture by half. Mm-hmm. Right? You can get a, and it can help with autoimmune diseases like Crohn's disease. You got lots of damage in in the in the gut with Crohn's disease, inflammation like crazy. Mm-hmm. So you can stimulate the healing processes. And on my website, I have a blog about adenosine. And there are adenosine receptors in the body. And research in Europe found out that you need about 15 Gauss optimally to uh, decrease inflammation, to combat inflammation. But magnetic fields drop off very rapidly as you move away from the source. Mm -hmm. Just like sunlight and sound and heat and cold and so on, as you move away from the source, the, the energy drops off significantly. So magnetic fields do the same thing. So that means if you're trying to treat the skin and you want to optimally treat with 15 Gauss, you need a 15 Gauss machine. Mm-hmm. So a 200 Gauss machine would work very well for a thumb because it's not that big. Yeah. Right? But if you're trying to treat a brain, you got a brain injury, you have concussion or TBI, then you need a big enough magnetic field to treat the entire brain. Mm-hmm. Those devices that I mentioned at the beginning, RTMS, they're very powerful. They're about 4,000, about 7,000 Gauss. Right. Super powerful. They're very powerful. So you have to get the right piece of equipment for the problem that you're trying to deal with. And if all you're doing is just doing health maintenance, then you ideally want to have a magnetic therapy system that's somewhere between, let's say, 10 to, um, I would say, probably about, uh, well, up to, up to about 500, but say 10 to 150 Gauss. 
Okay, and the and the types of people that you would encourage to look for this sort of thing. Obviously, everyone can benefit, but are we talking people that have incurable problems or problems that no doctor can solve? Is that the kind of person that should look into this? Uh, yes. Also, just the person who wants health maintenance. You talk about biohacking. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> and you're not sick. You just want to optimize your performance. Totally. So biohackers clearly need to be using magnetic field therapy. Mm-hmm. And the stronger the magnetic system, the more range of options you have to treat yourself. Mm-hmm. Again, because of the loss of the magnetic field problem, and that's called the inverse square law. There's many ways of measuring that, but the most, most common one is the inverse square law. And I've published a number of chapters and books using that principle of the inverse square law. Mm-hmm. So if you want to deliver 15 gauss into the brain, all through the entire brain, and you're treating from the side of the head to the other side of the head, that's about six inches. Mm-hmm. Right. That means you're going to need a magnetic field that's going to be a, at least 4,000 Gauss. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Right. And that's why in that blog that I have on adenosine, it's called adenosine, inflammation, pain, and so on. But it's on the blogs on drpollock.com. That's critical. That blog by itself is where you start from. If you're going to decide whether to get a magnetic field system, you read the blog, you look at the tables. There are tables in there that say what magnetic field intensity needs to be to treat inflammation deep into the body. And aging is inflammation. Mm-hmm. Sports is inflammation. Injury is inflammation, right? All of this requires you to decrease inflammation. So there is nothing in the body that doesn't need help for inflammation. Every one of us has inflammation in our bodies. And now with COVID, you know, and even if people have had COVID, magnetic field therapy can be extraordinarily helpful for them to recover from the damage from COVID. Interesting. I might put that adenosine article in the show notes below for everybody if, that, if you suggest that to be a, the ideal starting point. Absolutely, very important. And then obviously the website has a lot of other information. And if you want to dig deeper into this, I, you know, my book, Power Tools for Health, is, uh, mm-hmm. would be very helpful. Yeah, amazing. But I guess before we wrap up, is there anywhere – so people can go to your website um, and check out your book and your articles. Is there anywhere else online that people can find you or you'd like them to connect with you? Well, that's the easiest way. Okay, perfect. I, and I'll put all of those links down in the show notes below for everyone. Yeah, that's the – and I, what happens is that there's a ton of information mm-hmm. on the internet about PEMFs. Uh, but 15 years ago, if you did a search on PEMFs, you might come up with 200 articles. Mm-hmm. Today, if you do a search on PEMFs on on Google, uh, you'll find millions Mm -hmm. of references. So now it becomes very confusing. And you mentioned multi-level marketing, and they're out there pushing and pushing and pushing the technology, which is a good thing, but it's a bad thing because they're pushing one technology, saying that this is all you ever need, Right. which is, as I said, that's really not correct. It's not scientifically correct. Mm-hmm. That makes sense after the way you've explained it. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. So um, before we wrap up, I like to ask this question of everybody. Now, you've obviously been on a super interesting path and journey yourself. So there, I know that there's lots of things that might pop into your mind here. But what is one piece of health information that you wish more people knew about? <laughs> PEMFs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's, there's so much. I mean, I was a holistic doctor. So mm-hmm. I did holistic medicine for. 14 years mm-hmm. there's no end to the knowledge i mean and and what but actually importantly just to put magnetic fields into perspective you can't build a house without bricks and mortar mm-hmm. you can't make a body without the appropriate nutrients mm-hmm. without the appropriate supplements and support for the body 
Yeah. Right? You need to make your equipment work better. So all of this is important. Rest is important. Act, a reasonable level of activity is important. All the things that make for a healthy body are important. The problem is that most people are missing one very important ingredient because the PEMFs activate everything. Mm-hmm. It's like you got, you got the house, you got the rooms, you got the windows, you got the power in the house, you got the fuel to heat the house, but now you have to turn on the electricity. Makes perfect sense. And that's what magnetic fields do. They turn on the electricity. Amazing. Well, uh, um, thank you so much for being on the show. I'm really grateful. I think you've really enlightened some people to an area of health that just they had no idea about. So I'm really, really grateful. And for anybody listening, if you enjoyed this episode or you think somebody can benefit, share it with a friend, take a screenshot, put it in your social media and tag us both. Uh, And before we go, uh, again, William, thanks so much for your time. Um, And before we wrap up, is there anything you want to leave the listeners with? Um, COVID is going to end. So all I can say is be healthy, be happy, and smile. Smile and laughter last for hours. Every time you smile, it lasts for hours. Wow, that's beautiful. Thank you so much for your time, William. Thank you very much, Maddie. We'll talk soon. Pleasure. Be well. You too. Thanks for listening to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. If you love this episode and health information is your thing, then please consider subscribing to the show. And when you're done, head over to iTunes, Google Podcast, or whichever app you use. And we'd be grateful if you could leave us a five-star rating and write a review sharing your opinion on the show as it really helps the podcast grow. Thanks so much and I'll see you on the next episode. Whilst the presenter that feature on this podcast endeavour to provide accurate information, it cannot possibly take into account your individual circumstances, and therefore the content on this podcast provided by any of the speakers is not intended as advice in any way for any individual, and should not be a replacement for professional medical or health advice of any nature. Always seek advice regarding your personal situation from a qualified medical professional.